1: our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.
2: Cracking the code on how you can optimize, personalize, and monetize your app marketing and mobile growth efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence, hosted by Peggy Ann Saltz. Peggy, a top 30 mobile marketing influencer, nine-time author, and content strategist, brings you her pick of tech, trends, guests, and cool stuff to help you drive growth and create deep connections with your customers. Now, prepare to get motivated and activated with our host,
3: Hey, hello and welcome to Mobile Presence. I'm your host Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove where I plan, produce, and promote content that allows my clients to reach performance goals and scale growth. And growth, that's what it's all about here at Mobile Presence. We talk about how to grow your app, how to grow your audience, how to grow engagement, We look at the entire funnel and way beyond because that's what you, our listeners, want. You are app marketers, mobile marketers, growth marketers, and this is your destination for what you need to know to rocket your app. And we've um, kicked off a bit of a mini series that I'm enjoying uh, over the last years, actually, where you come in and every two weeks or so, we are going to have someone who's going to tell you how to grow your app because that is their daily job. And we've been looking at Verticals, we've been looking at regions. We checked out Indonesia recently and a first here on mobile presence. Check out that show. And another first today, we're looking at the utility vertical, which is a um, high growth vertical. I've looked at some research here, you know, poised for high growth, amazing engagement, um, and lots of great lessons that we can all learn. And that's what we're gonna do here because our guest today is Julia Porter, VP of Marketing at Teltech. Julia, great to have you here on thanks Mobile for, Presence.
0: Thanks for having me.
3: It's great to have you. And as I said, you know, we have this special sort of mini series. We look at mobile heroes because that's what you do. You've achieved some success that has earned you the title of mobile hero, as chosen by Liftoff, a full service mobile app marketing and retargeting platform. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, you are our mobile hero. So what do you think was that accomplishment or that superpower uh, for you?
0: Awesome. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Um, I'm Julia with a G, uh, like the wedding singer everyone likes to say. Um, I lead marketing strategy for RoboKiller. The uh, RoboKiller is a robocall blocking app that fights back against spam calls using uh, robots and machine learning, which is really fun. Um, we're actually our, our organization is actually called Teltech. We we're actually a mobile portfolio um, largely around like privacy communication. Um, been around for, for a few years now, RoboKiller is about two years old. So in terms of becoming a mobile hero, um, you know, really just been kind of heads down on uh, working on RoboKiller's growth. Um, like I said, the app it, itself is about two years old. Um, you know, my biggest achievement to date, I think, really is the growth of RoboKiller. Um, when I first started working at Teltech, uh, I was joined as the first marketer. At the time, we, we were a new app. We had about 10,000 installs a month. Um, since that time, a little over a year, we've generated a, well over 10 million installs. Um, you know, according to Sensor Tower, we are the uh, top-grossing iOS utilities app since uh, late 2017. Um, so, really, that that riding that wave of, of growth through a lot of different marketing channels um, has been really exciting. I would say of that whole experience, the the most rewarding of of that. Timeframe and and growing RoboKiller was getting uh, us over the finish line for uh, an IAC acquisition back in October twenty
3: eighteen. That's that's quite a track record. I was I was aware of the app being amazing. I didn't realize it was that consistent in in being amazing since twenty seventeen. Being a top ranking a top grossing app, the probably what you what did you say
0: the utility app? Uh, sorry, the top grossing iOS yeah. utility app. Yep.
3: exactly. That's that's quite an achievement. I know from a good source, we're on our way possibly to another achievement for you, maybe a a Forbes thirty under thirty. Uh,
0: who knows? Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. Send me some uh, send me some good Forbes juju, whatever that, whatever that is. Exactly. Ed- <laughs> Do a rain dance for you yeah. here, Julia. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I'm just curious. You know, we have app marketers here, mobile marketers all the time and say, you know, like, what started the spark? You know, what is it that makes you you do what you do? Because everyone comes at this from such a varied background. Um, the same for you. I mean, RoboKiller, robocaller, rather, you know, that killer, that's a, that's a type of an app that you don't sort of wake up saying, I want to do this. But the way I understand it is you also had some personal experience that said, hey, I want to battle this.
0: Yeah, the one thing I think I really like about mobile is actually uh, a lot of the backgrounds that I think most mobile marketers have, uh, everyone tends to be fairly scrappy in terms of their experience. You know, most of the people I meet either maybe started in mobile midway through their career, late, like early career. Um, And I think just that whole experience is really fun because I think a lot of people are willing to do a lot of learning quickly, right? That's what mobile requires. Um, you know, I think for me personally, uh, right before I joined Teltech, I was working at HubSpot. I was working as a consultant, you know, consulting mid to enterprise businesses on marketing, automation, marketing strategy, digital marketing. Um, you know, every time I was meeting with customers, I was leaving those conversations feeling like, oh, I really just want to roll up my hands, get in the weeds and like do it myself and, and really put what I knew to the test. Um, you know, I had just kind of started my my job a search out of HubSpot was was ready for that next step um, And actually the day before a recruiter reached out to me about the, the opportunity at Teltech slash RoboKiller, um, My mom had actually fallen victim to a Microsoft scam uh, while I was at home actually um, And that was really a frustrating very serious experience. Um, you know, we were changing all the credit cards It was it was bad um, and so I think, you know, talking to the recruiter literally the next day, I think really uh, sold the opportunity pretty immediately. Um, you know, I think that that's also, you know, because I had that experience personally, you know, that was a cause I could really get behind. I agree. It's not like a super sexy app, you know, um, but I think we've, we've made it really fun. And I think that was really the hook for me to get into mobile was both the excitement to learn something new and also right the cause of the app. In the, the company that I was joining.
3: Well, full disclosure, you know, I'm going to be checking out some of your apps and downloading one. Thank you so much for the promo code. <laughs> of course. Um, but uh, I'm just curious at a high level, you know, this is a different type of app. You need to communicate uh, your value proposition differently. You need to acquire users differently. Um, you know, it's the utility, it's useful. And that's different from sort of being in your face and saying, you know, check this out because it's cool. Let's check this out because it's useful. Um, is that something that in a way you find challenging? Because if I look at your marketing background, it's all really been about very straightforward marketing. This is more about marketing the, you know, literally the utility of the utility.
0: I actually really like utility. Um, you know, I think with robocalls specifically, one one very good problem that we have, right, is most people. Get, if you have a smartphone, you get spam calls, right? So mm-hmm. we've almost had a marketing challenge where our audience has been so broad. Um, so we've had to focus like really on market segmentation in terms of like you know UA creatives and messaging in general, and yeah, you know, we're still working on that. Um, but I think you know. RoboKiller is the type of app that I think you know the solution itself, right? Problem solution. You know, you're getting spam calls. We block them. Um, is one that I think when it's put in front of customers, largely through like I think UA, and that's what makes that great. Is once you see the solution, you're like, oh yeah, I absolutely get spam calls. You, know, I think it's something that once it's put in front of you you're immediately compelled. And I think, you know, of course, RoboKiller, you know, does a great job at blocking spam calls, but one of the really great hooks that I think we've had in general is um, the what I would call customer delight at the end of blocking spam calls. And we're using robots to mess with telemarketers and you get to listen to that hilarious recording at the end. So just like the cherry on top. And I think you know, those combined together really helps generate like some pretty strong conversion rates on UA. Um, so I think that has what has been what makes that so exciting, right? Because you get to talk about the product, you get to tell people, you know, what it does, and, it, and most people are getting spam calls, so they're typically pretty bought in. I and mean, it's something that's very relatable that we found. Like, ever I have yet to find a person that I've talked to either about robocall or robokiller or spam calls that have said, "I I never get robocalls. Everyone gets them." It's kind of like the one thing we can all agree on in uh, in 2019.
3: It's kind of cool that you could sort of like give it to them at the end. I mean, I'm based in Europe, so it's a little bit different. I'm sure it's coming my way, which means your your app will be, you know, um, a hit here if it isn't already, even more so because we don't have the problem yet. We're going to get it. You know, we're always about three years behind the states where I come from originally anyway. But, uh, you know, it's it's probably a great way to um, entertain and, and retain in a way because I am shown in a very humorous way the
0: value proposition of what you offer. Definitely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, in terms of retention marketing for RoboKiller, um, I think one of the challenges that we do have, right, is we are an app that is removing distractions, right? Spam calls are very interrupting. they, you know, if you're working, you're answering the phone, you're getting distracted. Um, So part of our retention marketing challenge related to push notifications, email is trying to uh, find the balance between not being intrusive and interruptive. Um, but also, you know, being useful, right? Um, and so I think with that, we have focused on a lot of more organic product experiences to remind people that we're working for you in the background. Um, and I, I do think uh, answer bots are a great way to just add that, that customer delight um, that reminds us that, you know, hey, we're still working for you in the background. You might not have gotten some any spam calls in the most recently, but check out this hilarious answer bot recording. Yeah, I think that's Mm -hmm. been uh, very helpful in, in terms of retention long term.
3: Well, it's a great way to sort of stay top of mind because, you know, hopefully, it reminds me of my favorite anecdote about retention that just was so eye opening for me. I was interviewing here on the show, actually, someone in healthcare, and he's like, hey, you know, retention doesn't look like that for us because you hopefully are not getting sick every single day. You hopefully don't need a doctor every single day. And, you know, and I'm hopefully not getting spammed every single day. So it gives you a way to, be present, be top of mind when I'm not reaching out to use you. Is that the idea here? Absolutely. Who came up with that?
0: Is uh, that you? You want to take credit? <laughs> <laughs> no, I cannot take credit. It, hilariously, AnswerBots were not, I, I think, uh, might go on the record for product. But um, I don't think the bots were, they were a last minute addition to the early product roadmap. And they proved to be uh, quite a good hook. Um, mm-hmm. So shout out to the product team for, for putting that one together.
3: Absolutely. I mean, that's a great way to stay top of mind. And it also proves in a nutshell what we're always talking about with that product is the new marketing. I mean, you guys have to work closer together.
0: Is that what happens there? Absolutely. Um, I would actually say one of my closest friends at Teltec is our director of product. Um, we started at the very at very similar times in our uh, early entry-level roles at Teltec. Um, and so through that, we have worked very closely together on growth, um, product improvements, and then you know, vice versa, right? You know, his name's Dan. Dan is very involved in, uh, you know, giving us marketing suggestions, telling us what's working, what's converting. Um, he yeah, loves that stuff too. So uh, it's been it's been really, really integral, I think, to our product development and our product success.
3: So a hat tip to Dan, I would say. Shout out to Dan. Shout out to Dan. Got it. Um, I just curious in a word here, you know. We're going to be going to break in a moment, but I know so so many people who are like, ah, product marketing. No, they're in silos. Everything's grand. I know other people say, no, we have to do something about it. What would you say to someone listening in on the fence, saying, okay, this is the way you need to put together your team? What would you say if you wanted to convince them that they have to work as closely with their people as you are with Dan?
0: Definitely, I think um, you know. There's there's kind of two parts of that, right? You know, I think what you addressed initially was team silos. Um, I think some of that comes from how many generalists versus specialists you're adding on your team, a really good diversification of people who are highly specialized in things like push marketing, right. Is great. Um, but I think you also need a few generalists who, you know, I think generally get bucketed into like probably the growth marketing category who can talk pretty high level fairly, you know, below the surface in a lot of different verticals, right. They can jump in on UA they can provide feedback or ideas on push. They're also looking at product experiences. Um, so I think when you have some generalists who can also, you know, get specialists outside of just their primary focus, that opens up some of the gap between the the diversification. And I'd also say, in terms of you know bridging the gap between various teams that should be involved in product development, um, to be honest, one the what did it for us was data. Um, you know, being able to look at product analysis, behavioral analysis, and work together on improving KPIs like our trial retention rate, um, I think really brought people together, right? Because we were looking at the same data, and you know, we, were, we were providing the similar, if not various uh, ideas to improve those metrics. Um, and I think that that was something that really brought the team together holistically, and it's something that we keep to date, and I think it's really helped us maintain a, a pretty strong level of collaboration.
3: And that's a great segue. I couldn't hope for a better one because that's what we're going to be talking about after the break. We're going to talk about data. We're going to talk about your mobile growth stack and loads more listeners. So don't go away. We'll be right back after the break.
2: Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. supercharging your mobile growth efforts welcome back to mobile presence on webmasterradio.fm here is your host peggy ann saltz
3: We're back to Mobile Presence. I'm Peggy Ann Saltz with Julia Porter, VP of Marketing at Teltech and a mobile hero sharing her insights, which is exactly what we're here to do, Julia. So, you know, you were talking about the teamwork. I thought that was great. And you've given a lot of other great tips in a blog and listeners, I'll tell you about that in just a moment and also be in the show notes where you can read up on it, but what I loved about it is I love things that are straightforward. You know, you've taken a topic like the mobile growth stack, and there's tons of blogs out there that turn it into a something looks like a three-dimensional chess game, right? <laughs> uh, I'm sure you've seen those models. I've seen NHS. them at, at, at conferences. It's like, what? Is that like building a spaceship, splitting the atom? No, it's a growth stack. No. And here we have the mobile growth stack in four key components. Super simple to read. Maybe that's not the be-all and end-all of them, but uh, I'm just wondering what inspired you to sort of break it down in this way? Did you look at everything and say, hey, you know what? No one's getting this. I have to do my job here and, and translate it for us all.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, generally my mantra is to try to, uh, you know, cut through the, the fluff as much as possible and just, just get right to the point. I think being mm-hmm. specific as a marketer is very important and, and really also in leadership. Um, yeah, I coming from HubSpot. I had some experience in mobile, but did a lot of learning quickly on my own through a bunch of different blogs. Apple, uh, sorry, AppSlyer and Grow.co are two great resources. Oh, uh, sorry, yeah. the AppSlyer mm-hmm. bl- blog. Um, really learned a lot just through sifting through a lot of their content. I think grow.co is a, a weekly newsletter um, you know, Through all of that thought leadership. I was actually thinking maybe a follow-up post to this would be all of kind of the ridiculous kind of over-the-top Diagrams of various tech <laughs> stacks and flows just because some of them we at Teltech we like to share some some ridiculous ones I have a few in our archives um but I think, you know, going back to just being specific, right, um, you know, there's a lot of very high level pieces of thought leadership. And I think the easiest way to just cut through all of that is just to get to you know, starting at the foundation. And I think that was really what inspired me. You know, I'm not really in that involved in, in thought leadership. It's not really been my thing um, just because we've been working super hard at, with RoboKiller and building a team. Um, but I, I think this is a good place to just talk about, you know, foundations and being as explicit and direct as possible about what worked for us with also understanding that this is a conversation, right? It's not a blueprint. There were things that we certainly tried that we read on blogs that did not work for us. Um, I think that is super important to keep in mind while also keeping this, you know, specific and yet conversational.
3: Well, you know, I love the list. It's very simple. A database you own. I love that too, by the way, because you do have to own the data. A lot of people think, oh, it's second party data, third party data. Let's just match it up, mix it up and see what happens. No, data that you own, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mobile measurement partner, mobile first marketing automation platform. Love the mobile first. And I'd like to deep dive into that in a moment and a data visualization tool. Absolutely. Because we are not all able to do this in our heads. We're not all that nerdy type, not not all of us anyway. So I like the last two. Let's talk about that. Um, you know, mobile first. What does that actually mean here? Because it has a meaning. It didn't just you didn't just choose marketing automation. Because I'm writing tons about that. This is something different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, obviously I've mentioned that my background was actually coming to Teltech was in marketing automation. Um, you know, I think most marketing, like mainstream marketing automation tools like HubSpot, Pardot, Marketo, you know, those are those are great, right? But they're built for B two B enterprise marketers who are doing a lot of marketing. Well, I think it's moving to mobile a little bit, but a lot of that has been on desktop for a long time. Um, you know, when I when I came to Teltech and we were working on building our tech stack, we did we did look at a lot of different vendors for specifically mobile first marketing automation platforms. Some people also call them CRMs. Um, you know, we, we did a lot of digging into the technical setup just, just to try to make HubSpot work, but ultimately we just found that the work involved in making that work for mobile was just going to be way too much of a time investment with very little reward. Um, so I think that's, that's something uh, that you should really take for when you're looking at anything within your tech stack, right? The cost of implementation, how much do you have to make that work for you? Uh, because I think that will give you a lot of answers in what's a good fit, and I think ultimately that's what helped us decide. Like, hey, we're gonna actually go and look for a more specific CRM marketing automation platform that you know has an SDK, right? Can easily integrate with push, and that's measurable and that's tied to a user t- uh, account. We can actually you know correlate marketing initiatives to. Uh, performance outcomes and, and having that all integrated in one place that really can then integrate with our apps directly, I think was really important. And, um, you know, using some of just the analysis of opportunity costs when we were looking at, you know, non-mobile first marketing automation platforms versus mobile first, we use Lean Plum. Um, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that was was integral in uh, finding a tool that really worked for us. We, we love Lean Plum. Um, it's been really great.
3: And you also integrated that very closely with the mobile measurement partner. You know, I mean, I think that's very smart. People are saying, well, I have CRM, which is great. And some people are actually just getting that, which is fine. You know, welcome to the club. But, you know, by itself, it's not as effective as if you're using the data you're getting, like, from the very first moment and then using that to, I don't know, augment or enhance what you're getting. From CRM, you know, was that was that a difficult um, interplay or a different, a difficult um, interaction to construct? Because you're basically mixing and mashing the data from the two sources to get "quote unquote" the holistic view.
0: Yeah, it was difficult for us because we do, you know, being a privacy app, right? We have, you know, we try to hold ourselves to data ethics standards that I think, you know, consumers hold us to. Um, So actually, I think part of the challenge was keeping, you know, some of that data integrity to our customers and making sure that, you know, really the data that we were using was being used for, for aggregate, right? When we're using that type of data, we're not trying to build user profiles. We're really just trying to look for key patterns that could inform where we might be able to implement marketing initiatives to improve performance outcomes. Um, so I think that was challenge one right and I think that's a that's a growing challenge in the mobile market um, that not only privacy apps will face in the next couple of years here but um, hopefully being a privacy app keeps us a little bit ahead, ahead of the curve um, you know I think the second piece of that was um, actually going back to our internal database um, you know, teltech joining as our first marketer I think the concept of um, you know, trying to under t- understand acquisition source and things like that were, were foreign to developers and it really, the database itself was not marketing friendly. You know, we're doing a lot of manual LTV calculations um, and it really just wasn't, uh, wasn't efficient, right? We were spending a lot of time in manual work. Um, you know, and that is just scratching the surface and integrating that, you know, cleaning up our database, then getting us integrated with a mobile measurement partner, then getting us inter- integrated with a CRM Really helped us piece together the full customer journey, really by acquisition source. You know, I think the concept that acquiring a customer from Google Ads versus Facebook Ads was, uh, you know, has a different lifetime value was was a learning period for us. Uh, you know, uh-huh. way back in the day, um, yeah. but it really did unlock some pretty cool insights and and helped our marketing strategy in terms of like tweaking uh, KPIs.
3: Yep, sort of like where you're coming from, literally where the user's coming from, where they're going. You need to know that in order to make that that path. You know what about the actual choice of what to automate? I want to reality check a couple things because I'm talking at all the events and all the conferences I go out there and people are like, you know, they're not like you, Julia. Okay. A lot of people are further down on the learning curve to be quite fair. And they're saying, oh, automation, that's great. That's what you do for bidding. Right. (laughs) Um, that's where we are a little bit higher perhaps. So just, to get a better idea of the checklist, you know what can you automate? You know, learning from your example, you're very, very far along. And then there's also the other extreme. You know, what should you avoid automating at all cost? So maybe you can give me your checklist of like definitely automate this, or at least try. You know, you've done your bidding, guys. Great, move on up. Um, try this or that next. And
0: what should you never automate? <laughs> Um, so going back to kind of my mantra of being, uh, as real and and as, um, you know, foundational as possible, um, you know, generally in terms of automation can be such a broad term, right? It could be anything from automating your, uh, data reports to send to your emails, you know, automating your marketing campaigns, um, automating your bidding, um, you know, all of that, right. That's, it's such a broad topic in marketing that I think Mm -hmm. is used broadly, yeah, I think the way that we navigate that is trying to automate what is what is sensible and what is realistic, not necessarily what is sexy, at least from a foundational standpoint. And I think the way that the way that that works, right, is um, you're picking things to automate that are relatively easy, largely because you know we've had a tech stack that has allowed us to do so, such as you know automating our push campaign, so that task is not repetitive. Um, but then, you know, really working to build, you know, trying to take out all of the mundane tasks that you can automate, like data visualization and getting that up to speed, so that all stakeholders can understand what's going on, and you're not pulling manual reports for, you know, your CEO every day. Um, you know, like I said, trying to automate push campaigns, so you can you can actually generate more, um, you know, winbacks or um, better retention quickly. Um, and then, you know, once that foundation, I think, is built, right, and a lot of those tasks, you're, you're able to get out of the way with automation, I think then you can focus on things that are really sexy. Um, you know, it, transparently, we still, it's been two years, we're, we're still focusing on what's sensible. Um, you know, I think we're kind of starting to get to the place where we're looking at things that are more innovative. Right now, we're looking at how we might be able to br- build some um, machine learning models that would better help us get ahead of churn prediction, So, you know, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but, you know, we do a lot of behavioral analysis to see how people in aggregate are using our products. Um, What features are they using at what time? How can we get more people to use those features at that by that time so that they can retain longer? Um, And building models like that I think is is great for automation, right? Because marketers know where to start um, when they are looking for campaigns further down the funnel.
3: That's great. Information, Great advice. And you say, you know, where people need to start. We need to stop actually right now for another break, Julia. Could listen to you forever, I swear. I'm going to get in trouble because we went over just a little bit, but it's such good information. So listeners, you know what you're doing. You're here to listen to Julia. Come back and do it right after the break.
2: Mobile Presence will be
5: back after we connect you to our sponsors. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences marketing
4: on purpose. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the US. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels, capped off by a 3-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo. Award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Danticat, Taya Obrecht, Julie Oranger, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell. Plus, authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kotlis, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Will, and hundreds more take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. You are now tuned in This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
2: Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz.
3: presence. I'm Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove. We have Julia Porter, VP Marketing Teltech. Julia, I have to say I am enjoying this immensely. I love it when people just tell it, literally spell it out, and that's what you're doing. You're telling us about what we need for our growth stack. You're telling us why. You're telling us about your own personal Experience as well. And that's why I wanted to dive in here a little bit. You know, I have you here I can reality check a couple things. I can also get a litmus test, you know, a feeling for what really matters what doesn't Talking about marketing automation, you know, I'm doing a lot of research right now into how marketers view it You know, are they are they excited? Are they anxious? What's it for you?
0: I definitely see it as an opportunity. Um, I think it is a little bit overhyped you know, I think the like I said, automation can be very broad. Um, in most marketing, you know, other marketers that I've spoken to, you know, I think there's still some growth that I, I you know, maybe I'm speaking personally, that we have yet to achieve, and, and largely around, I think, data. Um, and I think there are some headwinds coming next year in you know, the upcoming uh, CCPA regulations, probably more to come, uh, you know, just speaking in the US, of course, GDPR internationally, but I do actually see as slowing that uh, wave down a little bit from you know, what we've seen on the privacy front. Um, you know, I think in terms of the opportunity for us, at least in our experience, machine learning, I think, up op- allows marketers going back to just behavioral analysis, right? Really being able to understand, um, you know, easily and quickly how people are using your products and how that's leading to, you know. Uh, desired performance outcomes, whether that be retention rates, whether that be people converting to a trial and what they're doing within that trial. Um, You know, I think part of the reason that that is, is so exciting, right, is because it's very difficult to do manually. And if you can automate that through machine learning and do some really cool things with, like I said, churn prediction and and different things like that, um, that's a huge opportunity for marketers because it can just continue to inform your marketing strategy and, and where to improve both your marketing and also the product. Like I said, coming back to collaboration, that can really bridge mm-hmm. the gap. Um, so I think that is really the, the opportunity there. I think I do definitely think that some of the, like I said, the privacy regulations upcoming are a little bit of a risk to machine learning. It it really just depends on what you define as automation as well. Um, but I do think you know it will and should in over time free up marketers to be more strategic, be more creative, um, you know, and things of that nature.
3: And that's really the ideas. And I mean, when I think about how you and Dan came up with your great idea, right? Um, You know, that's what happens when you're free to be creative. And it's not when you're like doing all the manual drudge work that you can hand off to to machine learning. So in theory, you know, we can expect a bit more of marketers as this continues, because in theory, um, they'll be able to think a little bit more about what advertising, what marketing is really all about. Like to ask you then to look at marketing at this point. You know, we're here nearly at the end of the year. If you had to give people a scorecard score rather, you know, mobile marketers, how have they been how have they been performing literally? How hey, that's it, exactly. Performance marketers, how are they performing? Um, looking at it from your perspective, what would you give them as a grade or say where they could improve? Because again, you're a mobile hero looking down on the events and the results of, of the year. How have we done?
0: Oh, this was a tough, I would say, depending on the, the curve, LOL, um, I would give us a B plus, A minus. Um, the reason okay. I say that is um, you know, on the B plus side, there's, there's definitely been some headwinds this year. I think the two biggest ones that, um, that we've seen on being a, a subscription service, of course, um, has been Apple being, I think, a little bit more strict in um, the regulations around things like subscription screens, um, and of course the most recent iOS 13 update where you can when you uninstall an app, you can actually uh, cancel your subscription. Um, that I think is is has been challenging from a growth standpoint. Um, you know, we've seen conversion rates generally be more challenging to um, grow. Um, so I think that has been a challenge that I think I hear most marketers having uh, struggled with. I think also, like I said, you know going back to privacy, there's there's been a lot of action in you know, data sharing, um, thank you, Facebook, um, Mm. and, you know, also, uh, fraud. Um, so those two things, I think really, or three things, um, have been very challenging to get us to that A minus. But I think despite that, the reason that I would move us to an A minus is, um, really the excitement that I've seen in UA this year. I mean, I think, um, we're seeing a ton more action from, you know, all different types of utility apps and, and really creative ads and, um, that's been really f- exciting to watch because I think, you know, in terms of where we were in spam call blocking, we were definitely ahead of the UA curve up until really now. Um, and though, yes, there's increased competition for us, it, it is very fun to see what other people are doing, how they're marketing their products and really learn from other marketers while also competing, which I think is um, is really what makes mobile fun.
3: love the positive view here, Julia, I have to say. So in a nutshell, you know, we're on our way. That's it, you know, B plus, A minus, that's good. You could put up a billboard on the way for marketers to read on the journey saying going into 2020, you know, this is what you need to keep you on the road, you know, keep you on track or inspire you. What would it say?
0: It would just, it would honestly just be keep testing, keep innovating and keep analyzing. Um, You know, there's not really much, I don't have a... I would avoid the sexy tagline for mobile 2020. Is just you know it's it's really just keep doing it. I think mm-hmm. um, yeah. There's I was gonna say just do it. But... Just do it. Yeah, I keep doing it. I'll. Keep so I'm not it. infringing on any trademarks. But exactly. Um, yeah. No. I think the mobile landscape you know has has is still growing. It's I'd say fairly more mature than it has been. Um, but there's just a ton more opportunity. You know, in every vertical from a marketing standpoint, every channel. Um, you know, I think it's just kind of keep it moving, um, and that—that's really, I think, what how we're we're viewing the next couple of years.
3: I like that. Keep it moving. Keep it rocking. Shall I raise my goblet of rock to you,
6: Julia? <laughs> yes, I'm wondering.
3: <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> I good. do indeed. I do indeed. Julia, it's been great having you on the show. I mean, people are going to be saying, "Hey, this was great fun listening in." How do we keep up with Julia? I mean, you're writing over at Mobile Heroes, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But you personally, what's the best way to stay in touch?
0: Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, love LinkedIn. Okay. Um, uh, you know, Julia Porter find me hopefully pretty easy, though my name is uh, spelt a little bit differently. Um, But yeah, love LinkedIn, love connecting with people. Um, You know, if you have mobile questions, certainly send me a note. I love to always love chatting, as you can tell. Um, But yeah.
3: Indeed. And we have those in the show notes. We have a link to your LinkedIn profile. And listeners, hey, friends, that is a wrap. The next week's, of course, jam-packed with more mobile heroes, but there's just one like Julia. So if you want to read up on Julia or any of the other heroes in the series and check out her blog in particular, check out the dedicated page over at heroes.liftoff.io. And if you want to keep up with me throughout the week or find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor in Mobile Presence, then you can email me, Peggy, Peggy at Mobile Groove. Mobilegroove.com is where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. So that's a wrap. And you can check out all the earlier episodes, as always, by going to webmasterradio.fm or you can find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio simply by searching Mobile Presence. So do check them out there. And in the meantime, remember... Every minute is mobile to so make every minute count. We'll see you soon.
4: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of Webmaster Radio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of Webmaster
6: Radio.fm is prohibited.